welcome to a new podcast where we're breaking through and breaking it down with a new girl, your host, Dawn Piercy. Welcome to a new podcast. My name is Dawn Piercy and I am your host and I am bringing you today Kennedy Phillips. He is the creator of Magus Elgar located here on the new podcast platform. So you definitely have to go check that out. And he's not just a writer, but he's also an actor, director, producer, editor, and he's worked on many sets in the sound department. Kennedy it's great to have you with us on the new podcast as a new guest. How are you doing? I'm thrilled to be here, Don. Thank you so much for bringing me onto the show. Yeah, it's awesome to have you on. So for the audience that has not checked out Magus Elgar, I suggest after this interview, you go check it out because it's awesome. It is an audio comedy drama uh, that's very family friendly. And... Um, I just got to ask, you know, um, it's been a little bit over a month since we launched it. And um, <laughs> I, I, I tell us a little bit about for our audience that don't know about more about Magus Elgar and what they can expect from that. And how did you come up with such a creative idea? And um, what we can we expect not only out of season one um, for those that haven't caught up, but. Uh, can we expect anything after season one? Okay. Well, um, for those of you who don't know what this show is, greetings, Acolytes, for being here for the first time. Um, Magus Elgar is an audio drama inspired by the works of Terry Pratchett. Uh, he is a British author that's known for the Discworld series. Most recently, a TV series just got made based on one of his books with Neil Gaiman called Good Omens. Okay. Which is currently on Amazon, oh, Amazon Prime, and it's been a phenomenal show. Um, what our show is about, it's about two magi and two scientists scouring the magical world of Hearth, uh, searching for these objects called stamps, scientific tools augmented with magical power, searching to, for a way to uh, recover them and diffuse them before they rip all of reality apart. Um, or at least be there with popcorn when uh, the heat death of the universe happens due to their own hubris of magic castery. <laughs> um, uh, the series is about 11 episodes. It's about five and a half hours in length. Um, it's currently being uh, run in syndication on um, a new podcast. Mm -hmm. um, but if you don't want to wait, you can still listen to the series in its entirety if you go to megaselgar.com. Um, and you could download the whole series uh, for about $8. Or if you sign up for our newsletter, you can get it for 30% off. I promise I won't bother you too much. <laughs> Usually if I just want to show something really exciting about what's happening with the show. Um, this was created after um, some of my inspiration that I took was from a series called an audio drama series called Professor Nebulous. Okay. It was a um, it was an audio drama created by um, Graham Duff and Mark Gatiss, I believe, um, which one of them happened to be the voice of the Daleks uh, for Doctor Who. Um, it was a great parody of Doctor Who. I loved every second of it, and I used to listen to it a lot when I was in college. Um, 
cut to a couple of years later, I'd been working on my own, doing freelance stuff, doing sound design from things like DreamWorks TV to Melody Gun. Um, and work was getting a little bit more and more scarce. And I came to this conclusion of I wanted to make something myself. But I didn't think I'd be a good director. I, I didn't think I could prove myself. I, I didn't think I'd be able to be worthy enough for people to be like, well, you know, this, this is definitely this one person I've never heard of. I'm fairly certain it'll be worth my time of 30 seconds before my little pony catches my attention. <laughs> um, so I figured I'd, I'd put my absolute all into it and try and prove that I could direct. And so I had this really fun idea about making a very tongue-in-cheek, Terry Pratchett-esque comedy about a, a spellcaster who is so off-kilter and so strange um, that his apprentice is usually put under constant harm. And it kind of evolved from there um, to the point where as I was developing this magical world and I wanted to inv invite science into it because I'm a child of sliders and Stargate and Star Trek and Babylon 5 and all of those, and I wanted to have a little bit of science sprinkled into my magic, uh, and then it spiraled out of control where like, wait, what would a magical world as an alternate dimension to science be like if it was not bound by the laws of physics that we adhere to nowadays? Right. <laughs> this timeline. Um, and I, I came up with the, the elements and ma how magic works, where the whole way of you channeling these powers from parts unknown is that you literally insult the laws of nature and goad them into trying to smite you which you then channel into energy to cast magic <laughs> i love it i love it uh the the acting in it is is great it's great how how did you go about you putting the characters together oh where'd he go well um one thing sorry that was my cat <laughs> oh, that's okay that I um, would say about my characters is that I take a lot of inspiration from real life, obviously. Um, I, I had based the premise of Kaylee off of my sister, who's an environmental scientist okay. who just earned her doc. Wicked brilliant person who always had just a tiny smidgen of evil behind her. At least I, th <laughs> at least I thought so as the uh, sibling, because don't we all? Um but I kind of used that as a springboard and evolved her into something completely different. As for Udo and Elgar and Horatio and a couple of other these characters, I think, um, uh, I can't remember which psychologist said this, but they had expressed that we all kind of wear masks uh, throughout society, throughout like our day-to-day -day lives. Like we have a mask when we go to work, we have a mask when we when we talk in our interviews, for example. Um, we have a we have masks for almost any given scenario, and they project certain aspects of our personality mm -hmm. um, out of what we feel would be the best version of us for that given scenario. And when I was writing these characters, I took those aspects about myself, like my character flaws or my 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 strengths and mm -hmm. other things like that. And up to 11. Uh, for example, um, who I am as a person deep down is I am a, I am a child that wants to show you something cool. Um, Magus Elgar is that childlike wonder, wanting to go out and discover things, self-preservation be damned. 
um, and is so excited about discovering all the new wonderful <laughs> things he has to show to the world that some people end up getting hurt in the process and he's just so jazzed about magic and everything like that that he, he's not attention to it. Um, whereas Udo's kind of the more reserved side of like, well, I don't know if people are going to like this. I just kind of want to do my thing and not worry about it. And like, I think everybody, when they're writing their characters, they've got facets of their identity that they're projecting into right. pieces of it or take inspiration from other people that they kind of place into it. I don't know what this hand gesture is. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the placement. Kennedy, it's the placement. <laughs> I was like, wait, am I chopping food? I'm not sure. <laughs> now, I know you've worked on several other projects, um, including Spiders 3D, the Art or Arctic, and um, Night Sitter, just to name a few. Uh, mm -hmm. Could you tell us about um, if you have anything that you may be working on behind the scenes that you can fill us in on? I know you can't spill the beans on everything. Well, um, Magus Elgar is not my day job. It is uh, a passion project that I'm trying very hard to get off the ground. Um, so generally I have to find work elsewhere. Um, this has the wonderful con conflict of uh, your work is kind of like waiting for the public transit system. You'll wait for about two hours where nothing will come and then suddenly three will show up. <laughs> Uh, three three buses will show up. Um, that's kind of the nature about freelance. So uh, I had like, like about like if you asked me this like about two or three months ago, I'd tell you I'm working on nothing. I'm just doing whatever and trying to make ends meet that way. Uh, but now I'm working on a feature length film. Um, I'm, nice. I'm the video editor on that, and I'm going to be sound designing it. Uh, I just got signed on with uh, Space Docs. Uh, sci-fi series called The Sojourn, which is a sci-fi audio drama that we'll be releasing later this uh, summer. Um, I am, I just got commissioned by uh, this wonderful little animation called Satina uh, on YouTube that just hit like 3 million views. Oh, it's nice. about like, this, uh, it's about this little demon who's a, uh, who's like the bastard child of a human and a demoness. Um, kind of like a Nephilim. It, it, yeah, if it's, you think it's about very it. cute. It's very cute. Satina's adorable. <laughs> uh, if you want to look that up, uh, the the pilot of that is called Satina Wants a Glass of Water. I'm going to be working on episode one of that later okay. on, which uh, I get to sound design a cartoon, and I'm super excited about that. Um, and, you know, I think that's the most of what I've got that I can talk about in the pipeline at the moment. Okay. But of course, uh, I'm working on uh, I'm working with a pre-production team to plan out uh, season two of Mega Zelgar. I'm writing outlines for that. Great. Um, I've got three writers helping me this time around instead of uh, myself and the occasional onlooker and a proofreader who <laughs> the second of that process. <laughs> and there is a problem with my early drafts. Uh, uh, a man who you're convinced he don't write good with his words. <laughs> How long have you been doing uh, the sound editing and, and editing? I have been a sound designer and editor for about six years now. Okay. Not counting college, of course. Um, if I count college, I've been doing this since 2006. Oh, there you go. Uh, 13 years. 
Would that so, be 13 years? Wait a minute. No, but wait, you know, ecology is we don't we don't count at all because that's not real experience, is it? <laughs> I was sitting there trying to count, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> brain fart. <laughs> now, uh, do do you ever get stiff, really stiff, sitting at the? I I do editing, but I do minimal editing. I'm nowhere near like you, okay? <laughs> and I get so stiff, and I'm like. You know, <laughs> well, there's a there's a way to get around it. Um, I've got this handy dandy Apple Watch here. Uh-huh. Where what it does is that every uh, every hour it tells me, "Hey, you need to stand up," and it reminds oh. me. And I'm like, you know, I'll just kind of stand up, stretch around, or something like that. Or or you know, my cat over here will be begging for attention, and I'll go and play with her for a minute or two since you know she's absolutely chill. Oh, she looks just like mine. I have one just like her. Really? Yes, her name's Star, and she's gray. Just yeah, this like is Rika. that. She is the half of the voice of Kike. Okay. Nice. <laughs> All right, you can go down. <laughs> um, but yeah, usually uh, it, it helps to like get up, walk around. Uh, I'm on the second floor of my house. Uh, I have an office. Okay. Second floor, so like I'll get up, go downstairs, get a glass of water, and enjoy air conditioning um uh but that that's generally how i keep myself uh, going for it but yes there there have been days where i have not gotten up and i can't feel my legs by the end of it <laughs> the time goes by so fast and it's like even when i'm just editing my my previews for for the interviews two hours go by like it's nothing and i'm like has it been two hours no way it goes worst, by so fast. I think the worst experience that I had with editing, like even for like sound design or, or video editing, because it's all basically the same thing of me sitting in this chair, are those moments where your brain kind of starts to fizzle out and you're just kind of sitting back, just thinking mm-hmm. about nothing. Like, uh, <laughs> I know, right? You want to be done with it, but like you still are forcing yourself to sit there and continue going. Have you ever thought about animating Mega Selgar? Yes, I, I have been thinking about that. We've I was been wondering. I love the little previews on it. They're so we've good. Made some anima- we've made some animatics. We've, exper- <coughs> we've experimented with a couple of things. Um, <coughs> I've got actually uh, two or three people <coughs> from uh, a YouTube uh, po- animated pilot called Has Been Hotel, which is a pilot being made by uh, Vivienne Medrano, who is a stellar artist if you ever run into her. I've got some people from that team working on an animated pilot with me. Um, nothing I could show as of yet, um, but maybe with time, if we're lucky, we uh, we might have something to show. Um, we're all, we're also trying to work with uh, a couple of other companies that might be able to like help us with some something a little more ambitious with that. And we'll be mm-hmm. we'll be looking mm-hmm. around for people that may want to pick it up or. or uh, show that they want to see it. And by the way, if you happen to want to see an animated version of Baby Selka, be sure to share the show around and get people talking about it, because the more people talk about it, the more likely that this won't be buried in the annals of history that is your YouTube browser history. And Lord knows that is something that should never see the light of day. <laughs> Absolutely. How long have you been, um, when did your interest spark to get into sound design and editing and, and all that you do? 
Well, um, I grew up in, I grew up on a, on a sailboat with my family. Really? And, yeah. Wow. And I went to elementary school in Fort Lauderdale and I'd go to a lot of them because the boat would be moving around quite a bit. Um, and I think my love for sound started when I was like maybe five or six years old. My teacher had this cardboard box, uh, like this, like the size, like a refrigerator cardboard box set aside with a bunch of decorations of glow in the dark stars and, and lights and Christmas lights all strung up and a, um, video and an audio tape player, like an, like kind of like an, like a, a cassette player. Um, and when you go in there and they would play the audio and it would be like, you're lifting off onto the moon now. You're going off into space and you're pressing all these buttons. To the <laughs> and uh, you're walking on the moon now and you're just kind of like, I'm weightless now. <laughs> Floating in there. I mean, I was six, so my imagination was uh, getting a little hallucination-y at the time. But the uh, it was a latchkey experience for me because it it was when my teacher kind of went to my parents and says yeah he's definitely an auditory learner sound is very it's important kind of like a him. calling if you look at it like that you know uh, i knew i always wanted to make movies or or something like that i always wanted to be an entertainer because mm -hmm. um, when we had long long legs out at sea um, i'd actually do improv for my parents, because uh, uh, we could only use the television a certain amount of times when we were out there because mm -hmm. it would use a lot of power. Um, so we'd improv or we'd talk or something like that and stave off boredom and seasickness. <laughs> uh, but by the time I got to high school and got my hands on a camera, I started making short films. Like I made short films in, in middle school, which were awful, but of course they would be. Like I made a, a a detective noir story about my dog called Detective Roxy, which was embarrassing. But um, hey, they come out with movies like that now. I, it it yeah. wouldn't be too embarrassing, you know. Even detective. Yeah, it's Pikachu. kind of weird. It's kind of weird seeing like someone been like a talking dog as a detective. I'm like, they put money behind this. I didn't even do that. That's funny. That's too <laughs> funny. But um, I I, uh, I started learning how to use an editing program and start making my own stuff with that by the time I got to high school and started getting – because what was great was that my high school had a TV production class. That was awesome. And since then, I haven't looked back. I've always known what I wanted to do with my life, which I have to appreciate as a rarity among most carbon-based sacks of meat <laughs> carbon-based sacks of meat that's a new one on me oh that's too funny if you have anything that you'd like to say to the world what would it be the reason why it took me so long to get where i am now is because i ultimately did not think that i could be professional enough that I couldn't, I couldn't do this because no matter what I did, it would always be garbage. But I had an idea and I wanted to share it. And I won't lie to you. It's hard. It's really hard. You, you have to put a lot more money than you would expect yourself to do, uh, to put into it. 
you'd have to put a lot more work into it than you'd think you'd have to put into it. And even then, there is always that looming specter of failure that will haunt you even after you finished and made something amazing. That maybe I didn't do enough, or maybe it wasn't good enough, and maybe there's somebody out there that doesn't like it. What I can tell you is that these feelings are normal. I think everybody out there has got some kind of fear that what they're doing is not going to work, unless they're delusional or a con artist or some combination of the two. Right. If you've got a good idea, if you've got something truly wholly unique and wonderful, don't be afraid to show it to someone and let them make you feel like garbage <laughs> because that is the first step from making something that's garbage into making something that's palatable. Right. That step keeps going until it's something truly amazing. Magus Elgar probably started as garbage, but I kept working at it. And I'm pretty sure that whatever you have on your plate, whether it's a book or a piece of music or a movie idea, amidst all the garbage, there's, something undoubtedly beautiful that's going to come out at some point. It takes luck, yeah, but don't let your own <laughs> self-esteem affect your ability to follow through. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, hard work does pay off because you're great at what you do, Kennedy. Well, you I absolutely are. You know, I'm not, I'm not a person that is going to be a proponent to pretend like hard work always pays off. Luck does have a significant factor to it. But yes, it does. Hard work, I would say instead of hard work always pays off, hard work is the first step to it paying off. Mm -hmm. But you shouldn't let that discourage you either. Like the, the, just because like I, I got immensely lucky with a lot of things to get this, to get where it needed to be. But I did also have to work ridiculously hard to get right. there. Um, but everybody on my team had to do that. And I have so much respect for everybody that was helping us make it work. <laughs> nice. Now, where can our audience follow you to keep up with everything that you have going on, the projects you're working on, and all that good stuff? Well, the nice thing is, is that um, I'm going to mute that really quick. Okay, there we go. Sorry about that. Um, I would say, um, if you go to makeaselgar.com, at the very bottom, we've got a whole list of social media tags from SoundCloud to Facebook to Twitter to all those other things. If you want to learn more about my stuff, or if you want to talk to me directly about potential jobs, I thought I fixed that. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Um, you can find my website at kennedyphillips.org. Uh, at least I think that's what it is. Yes, kennedyphillips.org, <laughs> um, where you can see my, my editing, my voice acting, my, my sound design, and if you want to work on making a movies with me, I'm almost always looking. Um, 
as well as uh, if you keep a lookout on uh, megastellgar.com, if you sign up for our newsletter, uh, we'll give announcements of when big things are happening um, and tell you how everybody's doing, how everything's going. Great. And for our audience, too, if you are on our platform or go to the platform, anewpodcast.com, click Kennedy's picture and it will take you directly to his bio page and all the links are provided there for you. Check out some of the clips he's done and um, follow him because you're not going to want to miss out on what he has coming up. He's got a lot of great things coming up. Kennedy, it has been great having you on as a new guest here on a new podcast. And uh, this is Dawn Piercy signing off and Kennedy Phillips. And if you, oh, go for it. I had one more thing that I wanted to share. Okay. Um, for those of you that are very interested in the world of Megas Elgar, I recently just announced on Instagram and Facebook of the most important news that has ever befallen uh, Megas Elgar. And the news is June 16th. June 16th. We are going to keep that in mind. Absolutely. Now, Keep an eye out for June 16th. <laughs> Uh, be sure if you like this episode, share it so other people can see it. Like, comment, check out Magus Elgar on a new podcast. You can also go to MagusElgar.com. And uh, if you feel fit to buy us a cup of coffee once a month for bringing you these episodes, you can do so on our anchor.fm platform under a new podcast. This is Dawn Piercy and Kennedy Phillips signing off. Until next time. Keep it real. Until next time, acolytes. <laughs>